0: We've spent the majority of this summer exploring the places in the Bible where Jesus used two important words with his first followers. Those those follow me words, the the invitation to the disciples that had happened in the middle of everyday life. And, And along with that, he taught about what it looked like to follow him. And those invitations they remind us that the journey of following Jesus impacts all that we do, both inside and outside what we consider to be the church, as well as both the present and the future. This morning, we're, we're beginning a short kind of follow up series on what it looks like to follow Jesus and to be sent out into the world. So last week, Pastor John talked about that special seaside breakfast between the resurrected Jesus and some of the disciples, where, where Jesus extended that follow me invitation to Peter one last time. This series, the one that we're starting today, it is based on a conversation that happened just a little bit earlier in the Gospel of John. The resurrected Christ appeared to Mary and, and, and then to the others, and they're gathered in a locked room. Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. It's another sort of invitation. We're invited to follow Jesus and we're invited to be sent out into our communities and into the world on behalf of him. To to use the Apostle Paul's words, we're invited to be ambassadors, followers and ambassadors. Two roles that really define what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, the WBC softball team appropriately named the disciples had our last game of the season. It it was later in the game. and, And let's just say that our team didn't agree with a few of the calls that the umpire was making. I may have been a little too loud with my critique. Actually, I was definitely too loud with my critique. And at one point, the ump turned to me and shouted, learn the rules. Before you run your mouth, I thought, great, the pastor of the church with the team named The Disciples is running his mouth. Way to be an ambassador, Dave. Jesus said, as my father sent me, I send you. Witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the the ends of the earth, softball fields, grocery stores, coffee shops, places we work, places we go to school everywhere we are constantly sent every moment of every day is an invitation to remind the people we encounter that they are loved by God that's what it means to be an ambassador and as silly as it sounds last Sunday during that softball games I forgot that truth for a few moments in our first reading this morning Jesus reminded the disciples that they're sent with his authority Right before chapter 10, Matthew tells us Jesus was going from town to town teaching about God's kingdom and and healing the people that he met. The disciples, they witnessed it all. Jesus' heart for people to experience God's grace, to be whole, to be complete. When he reminds the disciples that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are, are few, he's reminding them and really reminding us of just how much There is to do. There will always be room to grow. There will always be injustices that that need to be tackled. There will always be people who need to experience those breakthrough moments of God's kingdom in our world today. There will always be work that needs to be done. And there will never be enough people to do all that work. Then Jesus gives the, the 12 some instructions. He says this. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any towns of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Do not give any gold. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home Or town, and shake the dust off your feet. Truly I tell you it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as Jesus sends out the 12, he gives them instructions about the where, the what, and the how of the mission, the how of their purpose. And the instructions that they are given are a good starting point for us as well. Now, before we jump into the, that where, what, and how, it's important that we clarify what we mean when we talk about mission in the church. There are a few ways to translate the, the go in the go-and-make disciples that we read about in the Great Commission. One interpretation focuses on leaving one place and traveling somewhere else with a specific purpose, kind of like our high school students did when they went back to to West Virginia just just a few weeks ago, or like two of our college students are are doing this summer as they spend the majority of their entire summer as camp counselors at Forest Home, the going with, with intent. The other interpretation carries an ongoing connotation. So instead of the emphatic, go, it's while you're on your way or while you are journeying. Both translations are totally accurate. But for whatever reason, much of the church has gotten away from thinking of our everyday activity as mission while we are on our way. Then there's the word used for sent in John, as the Father sent me. And here in our passage in Matthew today, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Uh, That word is uh, apostello, which which is, of course, is the word that we get uh, apostle from. And its emphasis is on connecting the message with the messenger. It's Jesus saying, as the Father sent me, I reflect the Father. And as I send you, you are to reflect me in all that you do. When we reduce mission to a program of the church or something that's only for one group of people or one committee even, or for one specific time in the year, we run the risk of convincing ourselves that that some of what we do in the church isn't mission. All of what we do in the church is mission. Again, following Jesus and being sent by Jesus can't be separated. Together they define what it means to be a disciple, So here Jesus starts by giving the disciples instructions about where their mission begins. He says, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Start with the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, start with the people you know, the culture you know, your friends, your family, the community you know, the place that you're familiar with. Now, we know that eventually the charge is to make disciples of all nations. That's the rest of the Great Commission. But that's not where Jesus starts with the twelve. He starts with what was familiar to them. We see this reflected in the book of Acts. Before leaving the disciples, Luke writes that the, the resurrected Christ says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the ends of the earth. Somehow we've gotten this backwards. We've convinced ourselves that mission starts out there. Whatever out there might mean for us. It could be another country or another state, or even just be another city down the road. Now, I don't mean to discount the significance of leaving our comfort zone to experience God in new ways. In fact, I think it's an important part of the journey for every Christ follower to step out of our comfort zone, to experience where God is moving in in, in different places. But all too often we think of mission only as out there because it's more difficult to be authentic at home. I was faced with this reality after preaching my, my first few sermons in the U.S. after being in Malawi for a year. A friend of ours visited while we were in Africa, and and she heard me preach there. Then, after we returned, she heard me preach in the United States, and and she noticed a difference in my preaching. She said, Dave, you, you preach with more conviction when you're in Malawi with more confidence. Why? For whatever reason, I was more timid at home. I was more timid in a familiar setting. And I don't think that I'm alone in that experience. Now, maybe it's not necessarily preaching for you, but most folks who go on some sort of mission trip or some sort of mission experience, they have that mountaintop experience or or just kind of that enthused purpose, and they struggle with how to transfer that into their own community when they return. So when Jesus says, start with what you know, it's, it's not necessarily start with what's easiest, not at all. Being sent into our own neighborhoods and our own friends and family groups, it it can be incredibly difficult. But it's where Jesus tells us to start. Then he he turns to what the disciples are to do as they're sent. He says, as you go, while you're on your way, proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. near, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the unclean, drive out demons. Simple stuff, huh? It's essentially, continue my ministry, do what I do. As the Father sent me, I send you. Now, historically, the church tends to kind of hyper-spiritualize this instruction. Surely, Jesus didn't really mean that the disciples can do what he did. Did he? In Acts, as the church is finding its footing, we're told, we're told that they actually did. Acts chapter 5 tells a story of, of people bringing their sick and tormented family members outside into the streets, Laying them on beds and mattresses, just hoping that Peter's shadow would fall on them as he walked down the road. So that they, would, they would experience healing from Peter's shadow. The church became the church, growing rapidly in numbers as Jesus' first followers met needs as they brought wholeness. That that might look different for us today, but we're still called to do the same thing in our communities, to do the same thing in our neighborhoods. So we need to ask ourselves what that looks like. What does it look like to do the restorative work of Jesus throughout Westlake Village, here in the Conejo Valley? Do we notice the needs of our neighbors, both those that are obvious and those that might seem more subtle? The third instruction Jesus gives has to do with how the disciples actually meet those needs. He says, freely you have received, now freely give. Now, this isn't just about money or just about stuff. Now, it definitely includes those things, which is why he says, don't take anything extra with you on your journey. But it's also about creating a spirit of of generosity with our time, our talent and our treasure. It's it's about being on the giving and receiving end of creating communities and neighborhoods that, that care for one another, that look out for one another. Now, there are a lot of ways that Westminster has done this throughout our history, from the creation of our preschool to, to establishing funds to take care of the sick and the needy in our, in our own community, to, to the many folks who volunteer with our children and our students and all of the other areas of needs around our church and with our mission partners. It's not just in the way that we create programs, though, either. I experienced the generosity of our, our church family this past week. My wife Haley, she was out of town. And, and some of you uh, volunteered to come in, and watch my kids while while I was playing in that softball game and yelling at the umpire or or while I was taking care of things here at church. Just said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll help out. So what does it look like for us to continue to build upon that culture, that culture of generosity, to freely give to one another, to our neighbors? The instructions that Jesus gives to the twelve as he sends them, the where, what, and how of their mission, can guide how we live each and every day, how we approach life. It starts with what we know, what's familiar, where we're invited to continue the work of Christ by bringing healing, by bringing wholeness, creating generous communities, generous neighborhoods. So this week, as we follow Jesus, may we also live as a sent people, called and commissioned to wherever it is that we've been placed, and to whoever has been placed on our path. Amen.